This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We know what we think. What do you think? Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. the Yankees hit I just don't understand it and even even without them hitting I mean they still just as I told you that they were about to go on a run they still take two out of three from Seattle they still take two out of three from Texas even as unlikely as it may seem you know with the current lineup and then they go take on the A's and I'm thinking they're gonna sweep how could they not sweep the A's and the Cardinals afterward this is where the Yankees are gonna get fat here without Aaron Judge now a lot has happened since I last left. I've been off for a couple of days here, and, and the Yankees, the stuff with Judge comes out with the toe and, the, you know, the, the torn ligament and who knows how long he's going to be out. So, obviously, you have to plan as if he's not coming back. Now, you expect him to be back at some point, but you you can't count on just, okay, well, when we get Judge back, when we get Judge back. They've got to be good enough without that. And Anthony Rizzo not being able to hit with power. I know he had a base hit tonight. was on base you know, a few times. But Anthony Rizzo not being able to hit with power. John Carlston, who you guys tell me that John Carlston is great. I never like John Carlston. You guys tell me, you know, you love him. Well, he had a great postseason. John Carlston, he's one of the guys who could hit in the postseason. He's been terrible. He's killing this team. See, the Yankees didn't need Stanton because they had Aaron Judge. It was redundant. But without Aaron Judge, you need John Carl Stanton to perform like John Carl Stanton used to perform. You can't have this. What is the issue? Is he washed up? I mean, what's going on with John Carlo? You know you're screwed when Josh Donaldson's the only guy to get some offense going with a solo home run. Eventually, yeah, I know Volpe had a few hits, which is nice. See his average getting up there over 200. This is not about... You know, Volpe getting a few hits, raising the batting average. This is about this team that was built to be mashers, not getting the job done. And right now, no bigger culprit than Stanton. And right behind him or right there with him is Anthony Rizzo. 
You know, you throw in LeMay, who's been awful. The top guys in this order just aren't hitting. And it's one thing if they struggle against a good team. It is, I mean, it's unacceptably bad to score one freaking run against the Oakland A's. And I heard Susan say it during the broadcast, and she's so right. You know, Johnny Brito, you shouldn't have to be able to pitch a shutout to get a win. Like, think of how ridiculous that is. I mean, Johnny Brito actually does his job five and two-thirds, allows just two earned runs, and it's not good enough to get a win? The Yankees, because they can't hit, and this is a thing consistently here, where the Yankees' offense just has not been... I mean, they've not been able to get anything done. And I'm tired of hearing about the excuse of Aaron Judge. It's not about that. They're tired of hearing about it. They're tired of talking about it. It's much more than that. And this is an issue now where, yeah, sure, they're hurt, but they've got guys there that have to perform. And if you're not getting that production out of the guys that you expected to produce, I mean, what do you... It's not fire Cashman. It's not fire Boone. Similar to to what the Mets. It's always going to be on the players. And there's no... I mean, look, we could go back to 2018 and say why Brian Cashman shouldn't have gotten John Carl Stanton, but nobody would ever think that Stanton would be hitting a buck 84 without Aaron Judge in that lineup. Like, they need him to produce here. It's pretty cut and dry. They will not win or they will not go far unless the guys that are expected to produce, produce, right? It sounds pretty simple, but you got a team that still has everything out there in front of them. And look, ultimately, it's hard for me to come on here and be overly critical of the Yankees because I've been down this road so many times before. I've seen it so many times over and over again. Even when they're bad, they're good, right? It'd be different if they lost two of three to Seattle. It'd be different if they lost two of three to Texas. You know as well as I do what's going to happen. The Yankees are going to go out there and they're going to beat the A's and and take, you know, take this series. It's just, I mean, that's just, there's no way they're losing a series to the Oakland A's. But even just losing a game and the way that they do it by just scoring one run, it's just not acceptable. And it's very frustrating watching this team. And honestly, it's hard to watch this team or listen to them. And they don't get anything going. Or they, you know, uh, Justin just gave you the stat. 0 for 5 with runners in scoring position. Left 8 guys on. I mean, that can't happen. And we get caught up in, oh, look at Billy McKinney, the hype. But those things only last so long. Jake Bowers only lasts so long. Bader, you know, since he's been back, has not been as impactful as he was the last time. So it does ask the question, or lead you to ask the question, are the Yankees, and this is something that I don't know if I have such a hard time because I grew up watching, you know, the Dynasty Yankees and was brainwashed to that. Are the Yankees actually good? The other reason why I'm brainwashed is because if I, like my gut said last year watching this team, right? Even in the beginning where they were playing like the 98 Yankees and everybody was using that as a reference point. I never felt that they were that good. However, they were winning. So then even when things leveled out, I was like, okay, well, this is what I expected. I don't think they're as good as they were. I expected them to come back down to the pack. They still were able to win the division with relative ease. And then they won a playoff round. Like, they got to the ALCS in a year where I didn't think they were that good. 
So then this year, I'm not going to be fooled. I didn't think they were great coming into the year. But even with all that's gone wrong for them, you look at it and you still see that they're over 500. You know, if not for the red-hot Tampa Bay Rays and, you know, a, a, a solid Orioles team, you know, think about it. The Rays are playing out of their mind. Nobody expected them to be the major league leader in wins at this particular point. I mean, they're ahead of the Braves, which is almost impossible to do. So the Rays being out to that incredible start, that's really the difference. Because even the Orioles, as good as they've been, the Yankees only six behind uh, them in the loss column. You know, five and a half overall, just four back in the one column, whatever it is, however, which way you want to look at it. But it's the Rays' hot start that makes the Yankees look worse because of the standing, say, nine and a half games back. But all that's gone wrong with this team. And yet they're still winning these games. And that's why I can't criticize too harshly because I know they're going to win this series. I know the Yankees at the end of the day are going to be a team that's going to be in the postseason. We all know that. Does it make the regular season feel less meaningful? Sure. But the reality is, even as frustrating and as annoying as this night is, and we know the culprits, we mentioned them, and, you know, if they don't get it going, the Yankees aren't going to win a lot of games without Aaron Judge, which they may be playing a lot of games without Aaron Judge. They need to get these guys going. But somehow, some way, you know, Jake Bowers or Billy McKinney or Harrison Bader or Glaber Torres, somebody, or Anthony Volpe, somebody will be a hero in the next couple of games, and they'll win another series. Even when they're bad, they're still good, which is, I mean, you give them credit. You knock them for not being as good as you expected them to be, but you got to give them credit for looking like garbage and yet going out there and still winning series. I just don't know. I just don't understand it, which makes it to me impossible to predict. And are we looking at a big picture? You know, do you think the Yankees are going to win the World Series this year? I think it's all still right there in front of them, even right now, even as bad as it's been right now. So I'm not going to get sucked into that trap. Like I said last Monday, coming off of the you know losing four in a row, the sweep uh, by the Red Sox and all that, and then what they do, they went out there and won four of six against Seattle and against a good Texas team. And now you get sucked into the trap again because they lose to the A's, and you're thinking, here we go, frustrating night. Look, can't win them all. Now, you expect to win them all against the A's, but you can't win them all. And right now, as they try to make do without their captain, without one of, if not the best player in the game, you know, they've just got to get other guys to get going. And ultimately, to win the World Series or to get to a World Series, the Yankees are going to have to you know, get that type of production from Stanton or Rizzo. I'll tell you, if I'm the Yankees, I look to move John Carl Stanton. I don't know if you want to do that at the trade deadline. There was a report out there. I think it was, as a matter of fact, Andy Martino of SNY.TV that had just floated that out there. Let's say the Yankees are looking to move John Carl Stanton. Maybe the Mets take on his money and get them out from under that contract because the Mets could use a DH. I I don't know if the Mets would do that. I don't know if the Yankees would do that, but... It's something that I thought about the last couple of years. I would be looking to move John Carl Stanton if I'm the Yankees. I just hate him on this team 
because of the makeup of the roster, where you have Stanton at the DH spot, he can't play the outfield, and that's with Stanton being productive. Imagine what Stanton right now, where he's not producing. Where if he's not hitting home runs, he's worthless. So the Yankees, while they have some issues, they and against the A's, it's just painful to lose to a team who basically is built to lose. I mean, the A's coming in were twenty and sixty. I mean, that is embarrassing. That's embarrassingly bad. And yet they're able to hold the Yankees to just one run. It just can't happen. So that's the frustrating thing tonight. It's not the loss in isolation. It's the loss to the crappy Oakland A's. That's the problem. But like I said, the Yanks will bounce back. They'll probably win the next five in a row. And all will feel right, at least for the moment, with the Yankees. And, you know, maybe they chip away at the Rays over the course of the next, you know, several weeks or or months. You know, maybe they just make a run of the wild card. Either way, we know that they're going to be in the postseason. So it's hard to get worked up one way or another. And once they get into the postseason, everything changes. It's not about what Johnny Brito did with the A's or what John Carl Stanton and, and Rizzo did against the A's back in June. It's about a new season, a fresh start. Some teams won't have that luxury. You know, like the Mets, 877-337-6666. We'll get to the Mets on the other side. It was a, an odd day, a good win for the Mets, which is important. I mean, you got to you know, got to start somewhere. And I guess, you know, maybe this could be, you know, the Mets hoping to, to turn things around. How many times have we said this? Now, I don't believe that. I'm just saying what they hope. But really, it was more about who spoke yesterday. Where you had Billy Epler, Buck Showalter, you know, Buck always meets the media, but Billy Epler meeting the media. And then later on today, Steve Cohen will be addressing the media. And, you know, Mets fans are going to want to hear that. Not that he's going to say anything that's going to be earth shattering because you already know what Steve Cohen's going to have to say. But we'll get into that. And the Mets went on the other side as well as your calls 877 337 6666. Kind of a weird feeling for me. This is my Monday, but it's technically Wednesday here, meaning that I have after tonight or this morning two more overnight shows left, so three in total, and it's weird. Um, I mean, look, I'm excited, obviously, for the opportunity, but it is weird. You get used to doing this time slot for so long, you know, for a couple of years, uh, over two years, as a matter of fact, and to just have it end, you know, like that in the span of a couple of weeks is, um, I don't know, it's 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 just unique, uh, to be honest with you. And I still can't, It's not. it doesn't feel real to me. So uh, this is your chance to get at me here on the overnight for the next couple of nights. 877-337-6666. As we've bonded together so strongly for the last couple of years, I'm going to miss every one of you. That is true. Actually, I'm going to miss you guys. But uh, we still got a few more days, and we got plenty of stuff to talk about with the Mets and the Yankees. Add WFAN to your contacts to talk New York sports with us at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Salakata back on the fan, 877-337-6666. So the Yankees lose to the A's in Oakland. 
two to one. And the Mets actually have a refreshing performance for a change. Now, I don't know about you. I'm watching that game thinking to myself, well, yeah, uh, it's about time. I mean, nice to see Vogelback showing up over the course of the last couple of weeks. Nice to see David Peterson, a big part of the Mets' failures this year because all their issues stem from the starting pitching. I mean, it's as simple as that. You could deny it all you want. You can talk about the offense. You want to blame Buck. I just think it's completely foolish. But whatever re- you want to blame the bullpen, which people are starting to do, uh, it- it's – with the starting pitching. And David Peterson was supposed to be a guy that was going to step up in the absence of Jose Quintana and go out there and take advantage of a golden opportunity. And he didn't do it. And he had multiple chances. And the Mets finally gave him another chance as he's been in the minors for six weeks. And he was struggling in the minors. But the Mets saw something in him to you know have hope and be encouraged by. They bring him up. And you know what? He gets the job done. So you give the Mets... A ton of credit for seeing what David Peterson, you know, could do and taking a chance on him, and he got the job done. So you give Peterson credit. Now you hope for him. He can make this stick. I'm not going to hold my breath. They, look, we talk about not getting, you know, too down on the Yankees because you already know what's around the corner. Well, I can't get too excited about the Mets because we've been down this road plenty of times before where you think this is going to be a big win and springboard them, and then it doesn't. So they, they end up losing the series. Now, now, they get two more here with the Brewers, so four-game series. I highly doubt the Mets are going to win it. You just hope that they don't lose it, maybe split. But at this point, I mean, they got to start winning. they, they got to go on a run here. they got to go on a run to talk about the playoffs. And Buck talked about the season would be a success if they made the playoffs. I would agree. I think uh, everybody would agree at this point. It's not looking likely at all. The fact that I would even bring it up to me it, it is sad. Like, I shouldn't be mentioning playoffs, but it's it's their only hope to salvage the season is to somehow make a you know a run at the wild card spot. And Peterson giving you six scoreless innings, that'll help. Um, you know, the bullpen is what it is. It's not great. But if you get six, seven from your starters, that should help the bullpen out. Offense looks like it showing some life. Nimmo with a couple of home runs. Wendor with a homer. Vogelback, we mentioned him with a couple of hits, including a home run. Man, it, it, the offense has not been the issue. It's been the starting pitching and everything else. From there, and, you know, look, Buck Showalter's not getting fired, nor should he. He does not deserve to get fired. And people who say that, now, after the loss on Sunday, I could understand. I mean, that's the type of loss that gets guys fired. But let's take a deep breath here for a second. You really think Buck Showalter's the problem? I would argue, of anybody, Buck Showalter knows more about baseball than any of them. The owner, the general manager, all the players, Buck is the one guy that I trust. Now, he deserves some blame here. Don't get me wrong. The team has been awful. The team has been bad as far as fundies. You know, they've been beating themselves all year long, which is infuriating to watch. It just doesn't change. But is it Buck's fault that Brandon Immo can't catch a pop-up? Is it Buck's fault that Francisco Lindor drops a pop-up? Is it Buck's fault that Brett Beatty can't make a throw? Is it Buck's fault that the guys in the bullpen can't get outs or throw strikes? Now, you could say it's Buck's fault who he puts in the game, but... You can't keep going to Robertson every game. He's the only guy you really trust. It can't just be Robertson and Rayleigh. I don't even trust Adovino, but you want to throw him in there? You know, it's just, it's, come on now. It's not his fault. Anyway, Billy Epler met the media, and I think he explained the bullpen well. People like to get on him for not building the bullpen properly. That's one thing I don't think you can get on him for. But the rest of the team, sure, you can question that. 
And, you know, Steve Cohen's going to speak later on today, and I'm, I'm curious to see what he's going to say. But truth be told, there's really nothing he can say that is going to make a difference. He's not firing anybody. He's going to come out and give a vote of confidence. He's going to come out and be critical of the team and say how disappointed he is and still say that he believes in the team. Maybe we learn if there's any way his team would become sellers. No, because I get the feeling Steve Cohen, we know he's all in. I get the feeling regardless of where the Mets are in the standings, he's going to be all in. He's not going to be in sellers mode. He's going to do whatever he can to get his team to try to climb up the ranks in the wild card standings. And right now, you know, at eight and a half games back and they have a million teams in front of them, it's still realistic. Somehow. I mean, they could easily get to where the Cubs are. Uh, and just, again, I hate to even go over the standings here. I, I don't want to do that. But the Mets can leapfrog the Pirates, the Padres, and the Cubs. And if they, you know, if they go on one stretch over the course of 10 games and get themselves right there to, let's say, you know, five games back, five games back with two, two or three teams in front of them, it is possible. And I have felt even during the roughest stretches that they still have a run in them. Will it be enough? Who the hell knows? When will that run come? Who the hell knows? But the owner is going to speak later on today and I get everybody's going to be locked in every word that he said. Uh, uh, yourself, uh, myself included, but I, I just don't know what you want him to say. What's he going to say? You don't think he cares? Of course he cares. He cares more than anybody. This is not on him. He spent the most money. He gave all the resources possible to build a winning team. It's the players who aren't getting the job done. It's Max Scherzer. It's Justin Verlander. It was Francisco Lindor. It's Marte, it's McNeil, it's Alonzo, all the above, you name them. Beatty, Alvarez, Canna, Escobar, you name them. The players are number one. To me, the guy to blame number two would be Billy Epler because he's the one who brought in the players. And then third of the bunch, if you go players, Epler, and then Buck would be third. But he's way down the list at third. He has not had a great year, but I know this. I here, Here's the thing. I know Buck Showalter's a great manager. I know that. That is a proven fact. Buck Showalter has always been a great manager, regardless of what happens the rest of this year or if the Mets decide to move on at the end of the year. Buck Showalter has always been the known commodity of, of, the, of, the, of the, uh, the Mets is that Buck Showalter has always been a great manager. Not a great season. He's got to take some of the blame, but I know he can manage. I don't know that Billy Epler could be a good general manager because when he had an opportunity with the Angels, he wasn't. Now, I stand by what I said earlier in the year. Billy Epler was the perfect guy for this job, dealing with Steve Cohen, dealing with New York, the expectations, the pressures that come along with that. However, he's got to prove he can build a team. I don't care how well-versed he is in New York and where he comes from as far as the Yankee system and working with an owner who has high demands, all that stuff. Uh, That's great. you got to put together a team. Billy Epler has not proven he could do that. So whether he could or not, I'm not saying, but I do know that he's unproven. I know Buck is proven. And I know the owner has spent as much money as anybody, so you do the math on who's to blame. 
And then, like I said, you could blame Max Scherzer. You could blame Justin Verlander. Those guys, oh, I don't know. I don't know how this happened. Huh? Oh, you guys suck. That's what happened. What do you mean? You've been at Verlander. You've been out a month, and then you come back, and you're inconsistent. You struggle to get through five innings, even against the worst teams in the league. And, Max, you talk a big game, but you were lousy last year, and you've been lousy this year. You've had, what, two, three good starts? You used to do that every five days. That's what you're getting paid for. Every fifth day, Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander are supposed to go out there and give you seven innings, eight innings, you know, two runs or fewer. And they haven't done anything close to that. That's the problem. Tyler McGill, David Peterson. That's the problem. Matter of fact, throwing Jeremy Hefner. He gets more blame than Buck Showalter should get. Who exactly is he made better? Drew Smith? Tyler McGill, David Peterson have regressed. 877-337-6666. 877-337-6666. We'll start with the Yankees. Mike is calling from Tampa as we open the show with the Yanks. Mike, what's on your mind? Hey, Sal. Um, the Yankees look terrible. Um, I uh, listened to your whole intro, and, and I agree with most of it, but I still think you're being a little too optimistic. Um, uh, I mean, I, I think the team is not not a good team, and, and I think they could not make the playoffs. I know. Uh, I, I I heard what you said, and 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 I agree to an extent that they could. They can conceivably win this series against Oakland, and maybe do well in St. Louis. But I just, I mean, coming off that that home series, it took a timely hit for them to even win that series against uh, but the Rangers. They, but they won four out of six. I mean, they're seven games over five hundred. As bad as it, you're right, Mike. Like it feels bad. They look bad, but yet their record is fine. They're second in the wild card. Right. Well, you're talking wild card and getting into the playoffs. And I've been watching this team get ousted in the first round, the second round. I'm looking more at the team to say, hey, can they compete with the Rays? Can they compete with the uh, Orioles? And here it is. They they have a day off, albeit a travel day. But you're going in to play the worst team in baseball, and the Rays are going in to – you have a chance. The Rays are going to go play three against Arizona and probably lose, and I think they did lose tonight. And how do you not get up for this game and get up for this series and sweep these guys? I mean, I know it's June. It's late June. But it's got to start somewhere if you're thinking of beating the Rays and being better than the Rays and maybe getting past the Rays, even though they got up for a hot start. Not just getting into the playoffs, because when they just get into the playoffs, they get ousted every year anyway. But I'm saying, can this team compete with the Rays and 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 be the best team? Well, That's I think they where can. I'm coming from. Uh, and I get that, Mike, and thank you for the call. Appreciate checking in. I get that. I think they can. I saw what they did against the Rays. Earlier on this year, early May, I think it was, where they went to the trop, depleted without Aaron Judge, and they competed hard against them. Lost two of three, but really should have taken at least two of those three and could have swept them. And that was when the Rays were red hot, especially at home. And then the Rays came into the Bronx, and the Yanks handled them there. You know, they split a exciting, thrilling four-game series back and forth. So I know the Yankees could go toe-to-toe with them. Right now, for whatever reason, the Yankees are in a little bit of a funk offensively. Again, it's not just the absence of Judge. It's, yeah, guy's probably putting too much pressure on himself, but it's Giancarlo, it's Rizzo, everybody almost to a man is struggling. But yet they still win. 
All right, so they lost one game. They lost a game to the A's. Big deal. They're going to win the series. They lose the series. I can see you calling and being ticked off. But we always get mad. We'll get mad. Oh, come on. They score one run against Oakland. Sal, how could that be? This team stinks. They're tough to watch right now. And then they're going to go out there and win the next five in a row. I've seen it a hundred times. I don't know how to judge the Yankees anymore because I'm with you. Ultimately, I'm with you. I look at them and say, this team, they're not very good. And yet, even though I say that, they still win series. They still win games. They're still second in the wild card. They're still seven over 500. So how could what we're seeing, a team that doesn't look very good on paper, a team that doesn't look very good in reality, how come they continue to win? I don't understand it, but I'm done counting them out. And you watch, assuming Judge comes back, this will be the year where they look horrible. You know, they barely make the playoffs until they get into the second wild or whatever, and then they're going to go on a run. Nobody in the American League is that impressive to me. That's the other part of this. Tampa's the best that we've seen, and I've already told you, the Yankees took their best shot and matched it. Baltimore, they're good. I don't think they're beating the Yankees in the postseason. The Central, pff, come on. The Yankees already just beat the Rangers two out of three. The red-hot Texas Rangers, one of the better teams in a league. This depleted, crappy Yankees team that we look at, and I you know, say that facetiously, but they are depleted. This depleted team that looks awful, that can't win, and you shouldn't be taken seriously, they just beat the AL West leaders two out of three. I don't know what to believe. Paul is calling from Hartford, Connecticut. Paul, how about your Mets? Hey, Sal. How you doing? How are you, Paul? Yeah, I don't even know what to say right now, you know? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you can think of something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The one thing I'll say is uh, in 2015, when this team was uh, getting on a run, and right now we're in the opposite direction, they added two relievers. They didn't. They got. They went out and they got the bat. They got the bat. They got Cespedes, but they also got Clippard and Reed. And right now, this team needs middle relief pitching. And I don't know if they're going to sell or they're going to buy, but I'll tell you right now, Sal, if they're going to win and they're going to go in, and I don't know what Cohen's going to say tomorrow. I don't know. But what they need is any guys in the sixth, seventh, and eighth inning. And you know what I'm going to tell you right now is Verlander, you want to give him $40 million? Cohen, you want to give him $40 million? You know what? Get to the sixth inning. Enough. But they got to get guys in middle relief if they're going to buy at the deadline. Like guys, they know that. I mean, they know that. See, the the thinking is going to be that they can repair the bullpen at the trade deadline, and the thinking may be that okay, we know that our starters were supposed to go six, seven, eight innings, but they're not going to be able to do that. So, how do we compensate? Well, go get bullpen arms, more bullpen arms that we can trust to get through the 6th and the 7th innings to get them to Rayleigh, to Robertson, and I guess even Adovino. But I, I expect that they're going to do that. I still don't think it's going to be good enough. The, the, the issues are the starting pitching. The issues is that Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander have been 
far underperforming, and it's just unacceptable. You can't pay $86 bucks and have those guys be shells of what they used to be. That's the Mets' biggest issue. Yeah, and thank you for the call, Paul. Appreciate checking in. I mean, that's the Mets. Did he fall asleep, do you think, on me there? I'm not sure. That's the issue. Yeah, fire Buck, get rid of Buck. He hands the ball to Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander. Those guys don't, don't get the job done. And that's Buck's fault. How about how about Verlander goes more than three innings? How about Verlander doesn't, you know, labor through five innings? Scherzer, same thing. Talks a big game, hasn't backed it up. We like to rip the Mets offense and pick on Vogelback and this and that. The Mets offense gave Verlander and Scherzer leads in Atlanta against the big bad Braves. And what'd they do? They gave it right back. And it was at that moment a few weeks back that I said the Mets were done. Toast. The Mets were toast. And I was right. Ahead of time. Now everybody else is saying, oh, season's over, blah, blah, blah. They were done then. That night that Max Scherzer blew that 4-1 lead against Atlanta, the Mets were done. Now when I say done... I mean, any hope of this team winning the World Series was done. Making the playoffs, I didn't think that they would be this bad to not make a run of getting in a wild card. And I still think that's possible. I'm not going to, I wouldn't bet on it. It's not likely. But it's still possible that the Mets guy just painted the picture before how that would be. The case. I mean, they got lousy teams in front of them. You start leapfrogging some of those teams and get yourself to Milwaukee. You know, it'd be nice if the Mets won the next couple of games here, and all of a sudden maybe the standings look a little bit different. And then they could start to build some confidence. Anyway, it's not likely, but it is possible. They do have some players still. I just don't trust the starting pitching to hold up. At least the offense has been looking a little bit better. I can't trust the starting pitching at all. You throw in the bullpen as well. I mean, that's where you have an issue. John is calling from Brooklyn. What's up, John? Hey, how you doing, South? How are you, John? Cool. I'm all right, man. Thank you for taking my call. I just called, and I told the guy that you had dwell on me, and it sucks that you're leaving the night shift because I worked on the night shift, and I love listening to you. You keep me all night on Zoom laughing, and everything you say, you hit on right on the spot. Well, I appreciate that very much, John. Thank you. That means the world to me. Yo, listen, um, um, I just want to talk about the Mets. I was looking at that lineup today, and I was like, wow, the Mets got a good lineup, right? And I was saying to myself, man, how are they struggling? But this is what Major League Baseball, I'm not saying that they wanted um, the Mets to struggle, but this is what Major League Baseball wanted. They wanted parity with other teams, like, you know, I'm looking at uh, a lot of Major League Baseball teams in here, and everyone's in the mix, even the Mets. And that's what Major League Baseball wanted. That's why they shortened, um, you know, people playing divisional games 20 times out of one another. Like, look at, for example, the Marlins, they're in second place in our division. But if they were to play the Mets 20 games, the Mets own the Marlins, so do the Braves and the Phillies. And I don't think the Marlins would have that much great of a record if they would have played 20 games against the Mets and the Phillies. Yeah, so I mean, I, I don't know the impact. It's, it's an interesting point, John. I'm not sure the impact, how things would be different, if at all, if you had the I, I think, more division games like you did last year. Yeah, I think it does play because 
they right now, like when you don't play a team too much and you don't know that pitcher as well as you know your your divisional opponent, then then you know you don't know that pitcher as good as you you know from the Reds as as the pitchers from the Marlins like that you know you that you see them twenty games so stuff like that plays a part. Uh, that will be the Mets like twenty games of dumb not putting under their belts. Yeah, but think about like think that. about this, Sean, and and thank you for the kind words and thank you for the call. I do appreciate it. Think about this: the Mets have lost to all the bad teams this year. They've lost series to the Rockies. They've lost to the Pirates. They've lost to the Cubs. They've lost to the Nationals. I mean, the Mets have been so bad that it doesn't matter. Who they've played, they lost to the Tigers. They've been so bad, it doesn't matter who they play. They're losing to the worst teams in the league. I mean, the Rockies have owned the Mets this year. The Rockies, they're 31-50. and 50. The Cardinals, I mean, the Cardinals are dreadful. You name a team, a bad team, and the Mets have lost a series to them. So I can't say that, oh, if they had 19 games with the Marlins or the Nationals, it'd be better for them. Uh, Well, what about with the Braves? How would that be? The Mets are scared of the Braves. The Mets are afraid of the Atlanta Braves. They've proven that. The Mets are soft. Billy Epler, he may have built a talented team. He built... A soft team. That is their biggest issue. The starters have not gotten the job done. This team's got no heart. They've got no fight. They've got no guts. They're soft. The Braves looked them in the eye last year and sent them home. Sent them home crying. And they've never recovered. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
Speak your mind at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Sal Licata back on the fan. Go to 5 a.m. The warm-up show with Al and Jerry. 877-337-6666 is the number to call. Yankees with a brutal loss. 2-1 in Oakland, leaving guys on all over the place, especially late in the game. Nobody could get the big hit to drive in a run or at least tie the game. Mets with a nice win for a change. Actually sent their fans home happy. What a night for the Mets. Home runs galore. David Peterson was terrific. Epler spoke to the media before the game. Steve Cohen will speak to the media today before the game. I'm not sure what exactly fans want to hear or expect to hear. For me, like, all right, yeah, it's good to hear it from the horse's mouth. But in reality, we already know what Steve Cohen is all about. We know he's going to be frustrated. We know he's doing everything he can to help this team win. I mean, that's that's proven. So I don't think, you know, we know Buck isn't going anywhere. Epler isn't going anywhere. He said that. He wouldn't have let them, you know, he wouldn't have waited a day and then have it uh, be announced today like, oh, yeah, by the way, uh, everybody's fired. Like, he's not doing that. He already said that they're not going to, he's not going to be reactionary and blow up. It's not smart, nor should he do that. So are Met fans going to feel better just from hearing Steve Cohen voice his frustrations? I mean, he's kind of said it. He said it to the Post uh, last week or a couple weeks ago, whatever it was, with Joel Sherman. I think it was Joel Sherman, either him. Uh, yeah, I think it was Joel. But anyway, he said it to the Post. Like, we, we know how Steve Cohen is feeling about it. He's frustrated. He's angry. He expects more. He's going to demand more. It'll be probably supportive to a certain extent as well, and not only to Epler and Buck, but also to the players. But I'm not sure what is going to come of the talk today. I'm curious, just like everybody else, but I'm not sure what's going to come of it. Linda is calling from Forest Hills. What's up, Linda? Hi, Sal. How you doing? Hi, Linda. How are you? I'm good. Um, Yeah, this one win, another meh. It's going to take a whole lot more. For me to be mm-hmm. excited about the team this year, because I think they're done. I agree with you. They're whatever. They're just done. Um, so, yeah. yeah, I agree. There's there's nothing Cohen can say at this point that will make me feel better about this team this year. Like you said. Um, he said it to Joel Sherman in that post interview. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't see what he can say to make the fan base as a whole feel better because the fan base is basically looking—they're out for blood in the form of firings, and it's not going to happen. Right? Exactly. It's That's not going to happen. Right? They, the fans don't even want to hear from Cohen necessarily. They want to have people fired and then hear from Cohen. Which, in some exactly. weird way, would make them feel better, but that's not going to happen. Exactly, and then you have, and then, and then you have Epler talking about deviations of the forecasts and shapes of pitches. So, really, this guy should be in a boardroom. Hmm. He, he, he's got no business. So, 
I there's no doubt Steve Cohen has the money to pay off pay off contracts like Escobar's or you know give the best free agent a blank check and just say sign your name on the dotted line. Billy Epler, in my opinion, is incapable of identifying team need in season at trade deadlines or in situations of injuries where he can identify players, bring them up from the minors or from outside the organization. Well, I mean, he, to where they can have. He, he's had limited, and thank you for the call, Linda. He's, he's had one year. He's been here one year. And in that year, they won 101 games, one of the franchise's best seasons. Now, this year so far through the first three months has been one of the worst seasons in franchise history. But you're saying he can't identify what the Mets' needs are. No, that's not true. He chose to go a lesser route last year at the deadline, and he paid for it. Ruff wasn't good. Vogelback wasn't good enough. Givens wasn't good. Oh, this year is going to be potentially a whole different story where he may have to sell off some of the team. Maybe not. We'll find out later today. Maybe Cohen says, no, I'm not selling. What are you, crazy? I don't believe in selling off. I'm going all, I'm going for it. All in. I don't think we're there yet with Billy Epler where we can make a decision one way or another that he's proven he's not a good general manager. He didn't have great success with the Angels. He did have good success the first year with the Mets. Not so much so far this year. Let's let the season play out and then adjust. But if anything, as much as I say that Buck is third on the list to blame, I think Buck is going to get the boot first. Let's say that this continued, at the, and not during the year, I think at the end of the year. Let's say that this continues and the Mets don't make the playoffs and they finish under 500. There's going to be a managerial change. I do not think they're going to change the general manager. Julie is calling from Long Island. What's up, Julie? Hey, Sal. Thanks for taking my call. Thanks for um, making it. Thank you. Um, you know, I think that the Mets are missing in their clubhouse um, a personality that has a little bit of an edge to them, a Machiavellian character that the players are going to love but also fear, kind of a, an intense veteran that's going to set the standard like a la Bryce Harper. Mm-hmm. I see. I think that they have a lot of nice people on the team. You know, Edward Escobar was nice, but I don't see like yeah, Lindor some... nice. I agree nice, with that. Right, yeah. Alonzo immature. You know, he's doing whatever he's doing right. on the railing of the clubhouse. You know, Marte is a, is a little nonchalant to my taste. You know, I, I yeah, Marte thinking... just kind of goes uh, beats to the tune of his own. Drum, something like that. You know what well, I mean? Well, listen, um, you know, McNeil is an angry player, but do they like him? I, he's not really the most likable guy. He's not have, a leader. You know. no. And also you have, like, for example, when when Beatty made that huge error the other day, you had Nimmo coming over to him, and, and Steve Gelb said on the uh, on the broadcast, he, uh, so Nimmo said to him, I hope you have a hundred more of those in your career, which was nice because of the underlining, oh, I hope you have a long and prosperous career, but I want someone to like look Beatty in the eyes and give him like the fear of God like oh, I better not make that error again you know someone like a real Muto or Harper I don't see that on the map yeah I think it's a great point Julian thank you for the call they need to be a little meaner and that's why I say they're soft they're too nice and that's great to build a nice team a clubhouse full of nice guys 
sometimes you need a little bit of an edge. Sometimes you need to have some nastiness to you. And that brings some toughness. And the Mets don't have it. The Braves pushed them around, swept them out last year. And this year, it's basically been the same story where, I mean, the the Mets just, they see the Braves, especially in Atlanta, and they run the other way. Scherzer would be a guy like that, that has that edge, that nastiness, but he's a pitcher. And you're not going to get that. You know, I think Tommy Pham may have that edge, but he's not, you know, he's Tommy Pham. He's a fourth outfielder. Or he's their left fielder, but you know what I mean. He's not a top player. But I do think that's a good point where, look, it's been the starting pitching that's the number one culprit. And then you could throw in the bullpen, you know, as a byproduct of the starting pitching not getting the job done. But the other part of that is they don't have a clear leader on this team. And I think when things go wrong, you need to have a leader to pick you up out of it. They don't have that. As we welcome in Marco Belletti. Marco, are you getting sad at all? Are you here the next two nights? I am. Oh, yes. I am. So I'll be with you on the farewell as you, this you is know, it. big time us and, and, and go off into the I'm better part of the game. i here, baby! Yep. No, it is yep. very weird. It still hasn't hit me yet. You know? As I sit here, you know, two in the morning with you. We've done this for a couple of years now. And I know it's been different where I've been at home a little bit. And you just mm-hmm. started. You did this starting uh, full-time since when? About a year ago. About a year ago? Yeah. And what were you doing before that? Were we working together still, but you yeah. weren't full? Right, that's yeah. what I mean. You I was here constantly in the yeah. middle of the night, you know, because right. that's where I am belong. Because I'm trying to remember um, who else was it. I mean, Harris has been a long time ago now. Harris huh? has been a while. Bob was doing it from home. Right. Oh, okay, yeah, for a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I, and I was always mixed in. So, I mean, right. anytime Harris was off, you know, back in the day, I was pretty much here. So, there you go. Yeah, I mean, you got C-Mac coming in. Now that I think about it, you and C-Mac, both Yankee fans, following McPherson, who's a Yankee fan. Fleeg's got to hold down the fort for the Mets fans here. He's going to be on a little island by himself. Uh, I'm sure you'll have plenty of time to to cry. Don't worry. Yeah. Don't worry. We'll be here. <laughs> True. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll miss you we'll, guys. We'll dry the tears. No, I'll, you won't. I'll you, miss you You're going to bite. See you're gonna, yeah, you're yeah. going to big time. It's all right. You can say it. <laughs> you can say no, it. Right. What do you we know. I'm not going to big time. Yeah, man. I love, the, I love doing this show with you guys. Look, I, I I love doing the show. I love talking to the the callers. I love having the listeners at this hour. I think there is something special to that. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. love being up at this hour. Mm-hmm. Like my body. How many times have you and I talked about it? My body doesn't function properly. My mind doesn't function properly. Yeah, all this. I love it so much. Get the hell out of here. Yeah. I'll see you guys later. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited to do a talk show where I'm actually functioning. Like if you think I'm good now, wait till I'm actually on normal sleep. In a normal daytime hours where I could properly function, where I'm not just trying to stay awake throughout the course of the show. By the way, being that it's the end of the run here, I my wife gave me approval because I couldn't, you know, do this without her approval. Of course, I booked a hotel, three nights. I'll be in the city, so I don't have to worry about driving home at five in the morning for the last three shows. And for these three, yeah, no kidding. Well, you know why? This is the reality. Like the first one, I don't know how you feel, but after I come off the weekend, I was actually away, so I had an extended weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wasn't eating right. I was drinking a little bit. So, like my body today, it's going to be tough to get through five o'clock. And then by the time I get in the car and drive home, those are the ones where I really struggle to stay awake. So I figured, all right, well, the first one, let me get the hotel. That was actually not a bad price. So I was like, well, and then I have to be back here early, actually, in the afternoon Thursday for something. So I was like, well, if I have to be here at 2 o'clock Thursday, I can't, I'm not going to go home, sleep, and then wake up and be. So I kind of 
And then I thought about, well, this is the end. Let's just make it as easy as possible on myself. Good for you. For, right? For the good next for two nights? Yeah. Uh, good for you. Yeah. Plus, I get a little peace and quiet. I was going to say, sign me up. You can put me three days in a hotel by myself. <laughs> sign me up. Oh, man. I was just thinking Oh, honey, before. I'm doing this for... It's really... There's really nothing else I could do. I, I really hate to not be around, but for, for three days, it's just... It's going to be a little uh, difficult. Are you kidding me? Yeah, it's great. I mean, the commuters... Beningo actually called me last week or two weeks ago now. And, and maybe it was last week. And he's like, bro, you know, congrats, whatever. But he's like the worst part of the job is by far the commute. And he used to he's a nut. He used to get here at He used like, to get here early. Yeah, I used to see Joe sometimes on the overnight. I'd see him walk in on the streets at like six o'clock in the morning. Right, because he didn't want to deal with the traffic. Yeah. Which I respect, but I'm not doing that. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll roll in here at 950. I mean, I'm not getting here at 530 to beat the traffic. I'm not kidding. I'm really, I'm yeah. not kidding. I would see him on the streets after the 540 update. So would it take me four minutes to get outside and get in the elevator? Right. I'm not one to, to hang around after the shift is over. 545, I'd see him on like King Street. No, oh, you come here early and just walk around and pace the hallways in the newsroom. Rather than beat the tra- rather than sit in traffic, which, like I said, I understand. I just can't do that. So anyway, the worst part is the commute. I'm still. I don't know how I'm going to adjust to that, but yeah, I'm taking that away from uh, you know this week where I don't have to worry about the commute, staying in the city for a few nights. And, I'm sure you'll figure it out nicely come July. And I'm like, sure you'll figure it out fine. You know, um, I hope so. I mean, <laughs> I'm sensing lots of sarcasm. Here. No, I mean, I know no, you're, no, no, no. You know, yeah, yeah. I know you're happy for me. It's all right. But you're going to miss it's me. Okay. It's you all right. Go. It's all right. Yeah. You're going to miss me. I get it. Eight seven seven. I'm going to miss this too. But not that Liar. much. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give BT the biggest hug ever <laughs> on that person. What are you kidding me? Who's Marco? Who's Flea? <laughs> Seriously. Stuart in Brooklyn. See you guys later. I'm going to see you once when they put me in the afternoon for Ack. You're going to be like, who the hell are you? What are you yeah, doing right. here? Get out of here. Oh, hey, you still work here? <laughs> Eight seven seven. What you win? Hey, if you need a nap, I'll let you nap in my office from now on. <laughs> by, by the way, <laughs> oh, he's got an office <laughs> no, now. No, no, no. I don't. As a matter of fact, I don't think we do. But we do have to work on that. Eight seven. I mean, that's part of the the fun, right? Come on, middays. Everybody else got an office. Where's the office? We should be sharing one. I guess BT. No, there's got to be an office. I think they did have one, but they didn't use it, so they gave it up. I was like, well, we get a work. Yeah, but on there's gonna be an office that's open now. Uh, n- what? Craigie's not going to take his office with him. Well, doesn't Tiki get that one, maybe? Didn't Tiki already have an office? That's what I'm saying. I think I think Tiki and BT had one. I don't know. we got to work on this stuff. But anyway, I like, I'd, I'd like to have an office. I was going to say, I feel like T- Tiki's been here for over a decade. He doesn't have an office somewhere. I find that hard to believe. I don't think that they use He's it. not a guy that would hang in the office. Tiki's just a, right. you know, he's just going to roll around in the, in the newsroom. Right. But I really thought that he had one, that he just didn't care. Either way, I, I hope that we get uh, two things that I wanted, a bigger mailbox and an office. <laughs> you got mailbox? <laughs> oh, stop. Yeah, yeah a, a bigger mailbox for all the hate mail that I get, of course. Uh, you, you, I've showed you those letters. I mean, you know. I'm going to start writing them. Yeah. yeah, of course you will. Right, that's right. 877. Uh, come on, Marco, don't make this awkward now. We got two more days to go together. Yeah, I should make your life a living hell for two days. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates 
Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.